Hello and welcome to Hysteria. I'm Erin Ryan. And I'm Alyssa Mastromonaco. Alyssa, can I just make a proclamation going into the show? Oh, my news witch sensei, please do. Okay, well, this isn't really about the news as much as it is how we're dressing. This is how we're dressing this summer as, as ladies and lady identifying people. We are all dressing like we're training to go to space. We are giving jumpsuit realness. Okay, We yes. are dressing like we're going to fix your car. We're going to dress like we are playing bass and stop making sense. And the reason we're doing this is because women's fashion, once again, is totally off the rails. Oh, I agree with you entirely. And also, that aesthetic is definitely for me. It's it's a cool aesthetic, but it is the only one that is currently cool that I am okay with. And I think as a sign of rebellion and also a solidarity with workers, we should dress like we uh, like we're working on the floor of a um, automobile factory, even if we're not. I'm for it. We're wearing jumpsuits. We hate women's fashion so much now that we are willing to get undressed to pee all summer. All summer. Because you know what? Even in women's fashion, when they make a quote unquote jumpsuit, that shit does not fit right for normal people. No, you got to order a size up. Yep. And then you got to get it tailored. (laughs) But you're also like, you're closer to lawn gnome size than I am. (laughs) Now that was fucking shitty, but very true. I am America's favorite garden gnome. (laughs) This week, we're joined by Kara Clank and Grace Parajani to tackle the following questions. What did Ivanka say to the January 6th committee? Why is it up to regular news consumers to make sure people aren't being jailed for miscarriages? Hey, and what are we all doing this Easter? All this and more right now. Okay, news. Let's start on something nice. What's nice? Actually, I have like sort of a question for you. Do you think that when Justice Jackson was confirmed by the Senate uh, last Thursday... Uh, first black woman ever to serve on the Supreme Court when she gets sworn in at the end of the term right. this June or July. Do you think that Amy Coney Barrett was like, oh, fuck, who am I going to sit with at lunch? Because it's going to be <laughs> like Judge Jackson, Judge Sotomayor, and Judge Kagan. You know that they're going to squat up. But don't you think she's already squatting with the Cav? Yeah. But what a terrible— Can you— no. <laughs> Amy Coney Barrett is like the type of person who would have called the police on. That's that's a fucking good point. Yeah, on like j- people who acted like Brett Kavanaugh when they were young. She would have like called the police on the loud music interrupting her. Like maybe she just always goes out for lunch with Ginny Thomas. Oh gosh, what a nightmare person. Ginny, oh Ginny Thomas is like if every like woman loses her mind, Karen goes nuts. Like video where balled up into one clay ball and then given almost unlimited, unregulated power and access to the Supreme Court. It's exactly how it is. She's crazy. She's, I'm, she's crazy. She's not even a cartoon villain. She's just like a real villain. Yeah. She's cra- like, cra- she says frickin', frickin' as an intense, like, which I, I tweeted about. People, adults who use frickin' as an intensifier Mm-mm. Oh, great. Either use the real word or find something more illustrative, more exciting, less yeah. stupid. Yeah, yeah, Frickin is, uh, is terrifying. Frickin' insane, Erin. It's frickin' insane. She's frickin' insane. So we've been talking, uh, first story is something that's kind of flown under the radar. Yeah. Um, 
I, I wanted to, to shine on it a little bit because we've been talking about labor issues on this show. Um, Etsy sellers have launched a week-long strike over increased fees. Yes. Um, thousands of Etsy sellers, many of whom are women, which is yep. why we're, we're shining a light uh, specifically. Um, and a lot of them are artists who make money from selling handmade stuff on the website, are closing their online shops for the week and going on strike. The sellers are upset with new transaction fees and other Etsy-imposed costs. So sellers feel as though Etsy is trying to squeeze the platform's independent artists with new policies. Um, and they've launched a campaign urging other people on the platform to also abandon the site for a week in protests. Um, organizers of the protest say that more than 5,000 shops have pledged to participate. Um, and sellers participating in the strike are putting their shops on vacation mode starting on uh, Monday. So if you're listening to this on Thursday or later, we are midway through vacation mode protests. So um, basically the issue is that starting April 11th, the company would increase the 5% transaction fee to sellers to 6.5%. Right. Um, and it was done to fund improvements to marketing. But like, do you know anybody who like needs to know about Etsy? No. So I thought this was very interesting and I wanted to talk about it because I got lots of emails from my Etsy shops. Let's, cause here's the thing. I'm never going to be a hypocrite. I'm on Etsy all the time. Mm -hmm. I fucking love Etsy. I love and Etsy too. I have a couple shops that I have favorited. And from about half of those shops, I got emails that were like, we want to let you know what's going on. And they explained this. And so when we started talking about this for the show, I really kind of went down the rabbit hole. And here's, here's the thing I think a mistake companies are making is like, it's a capitalist society. We all fucking get it, right? But they try to make it sound like they are increasing these fees from 5% to 6.5% to help them. They're like, we're doing better marketing for you. We're making the site better for you. And it's like, no, you're making more money. You had two of the most profitable years on record for your company. You actually probably don't need to raise the fees to do some better marketing. So mm -hmm. it's like, stop trying to, it's like, it's like companies build these brands that are like, we're communities that serve a social good. And it's like, okay, you're jumping the shark because you're actually, people I think would deal with it better or not get so mad if they weren't trying to put lipstick on a pig. Mm -hmm. And so for these, the other thing that the um, sellers are objecting to are these offsite ads, which I found kind of confusing. And then I think I can explain it. So basically, if you're scrolling through Instagram and a specific shop on Etsy is being promoted to you, which happens to me, it's how I ended up with a lot of crocheted goods, you <laughs> click on it and I think I'm doing a good thing, right? I click on it. Well, what we don't know is that because they've served you that ad and you're clicking on it, that seller is actually paying an added fee because you clicked on the ad when if you thought about something that actually made sense, that ad drove traffic to the Etsy site. They mm -hmm. shouldn't get a fee. They should get a bonus. <laughs> like it's right. It doesn't make any sense whatsoever. And so, you know, I think there are something like 90 million people who shop on Etsy. There are over 5 million sellers on Etsy. It's like they have created this massive marketplace. And I think it is completely within the seller's rights to be like, pause. Mm -hmm. You're imposing all these fees. They're not helping us. You're saying they're helping us. And like, it's not okay. So I'm like very... I'm supporting it, and I'm on vacation mode with Etsy myself. Mm -hmm. I had a few things on my Etsy list that I was hoping to uh, to get in the in like this week, but I'm not going to because of the sellers uh, going on vacation. Totally. Mode. 
Um, yeah, but I love Etsy. You know what? It's like almost, imp- it's like impossible for a she- machine to make crochet. Right. Which I learned from Etsy. It all has, it has to be handmade. We haven't come up with a machine that can no. crochet things. And also it's, when you think about so much of what you can get on Etsy is like upcycling. You mm-hmm. know, like I buy lots of used clogs on Etsy. I buy lots of used <laughs> things on Etsy. I buy lots of used clogs on I Etsy. I do. I do. It was actually my favorite clog seller in Minnesota that was the first email I got about this. Nice. And so it's like, it, it, it serves such a good and it gives people a, like, why did you have to go and get cheap Etsy? It just, it feels very uncool and unnecessary. Yeah. yeah. It's sort of like a, don't, I just don't fuck with artisans. Don't no. fuck with people who who do crafts. And if they hadn't had two extremely profitable years, if they were like, look, honestly, we missed our forecast for two years in a row and now we have to increase fees. You'd be like, okay, well, that's kind of the cost of doing business, I guess. This, mm-hmm. this does not make sense. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like people who people who fuck with small business owners who specify in handmade goods, crafts, lovingly curated items, uh, restored items, totally. do, do so at their peril. These seem like gentle hobbies, but the people who have made it their business and the people who are really excellent and serious about them are, I would say, among the unfuckwithables. Like, I agree. Don't, don't fuck with knitters. Don't fuck with cr- people who have a shop where they sell crochet, like handmade crochet. Don't fuck with embroidery. Like, just no. don't do it. Just don't. You underestimate them at your peril. Okay. They're going to win. Uh, girl boss news. Oh, Goodness. we love it. Uh, Ivanka Trump has provided helpful testimony to the January 6th committee investigating her father. She reportedly spent nearly eight hours voluntarily testing before the House Select Committee on Tuesday. While it's unclear what the former first daughter told investigators, uh, the committee vice chair, Liz Cheney, said Sunday that her testimony was helpful during an interview. So, Alyssa, just uh, totally irresponsible speculation. What do you think Ivanka Trump said? Okay, so her new name is Ivanka Tried But Failed Trump because she repeatedly tried but failed to stop her father from permitting insurrection at the Capitol. (laughs) Quietly expressed concern. Okay, so these people don't do anything without a plan. It may be harebrained, but there's usually a plan behind it. So my guess is Trump, Papa, feels the feds are coming, right? He's like, things feel a little unsettled. So I'm sure he went in and was like, you go be cooperative. Don't say too much. But if people can say you tried, then you can still run for president someday and potentially pardon me. That's what I think. Uh, I know, but you know it's true. Ugh. You I, know yeah. there's a long game here. Like she's yeah. a she's a, a dimwit, but she she plays the long game. Yeah. Or, or her, you know, her dad has no choice but to play the long game at this point. I, I don't know if there's like, look, is there that long of a long game? Like how many years will it take for the stink of the Trump administration to get off of Ivanka. I don't know. It it will take longer than, I would say longer than 15, 20 years, right? Okay. Um, At that point, Donald Trump will be how old? I mean, old. He'll be probably. He will be an old, 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 old man. Even saying that Ivanka could win the presidency in 20 years, which, doubtful. Doubtful, but. um. Yeah, I don't know. It seems like it's another long game that they're just sort of making up as they go along. That's probably you know? true. That's probably true. But there was some, There's. she wasn't doing this 
to be a good citizen. No. What has she ever done to be a good citizen? Literally Well, nothing. she tried to bring, you know, supplies to Ukrainians and then made them pose with them for her Instagram. So there's that. Oh, man. This is, she's just the worst. I mean, I will say that I, you have to give Ivanka Trump credit for really helping to put put the final stake through the heart of the girl boss narrative because she, her expression of it was such a like purely empty gesture based yeah. expression totally. that I'm, I'm sort of like, well, I'm glad that you were such a sloppy like version of it with absolutely no like plausible deniability of yeah. how, shit, how shitty the whole template was in the first place. So, you know, it's interesting what she, uh, I don't know. Liz Cheney will be president before Ivanka Trump is president. Oh, say that. amen. I'm sorry. I, not amen, like good amen, but like. No, no, but like y- you are correct. Yeah. That that feels more likely. Yeah. I mean, she's a Cheney. I feel like if anybody's ch- playing the long game, it's a Cheney. I just saw a cat face coming. Oh, yeah. Her. Norm, Fat Norm got up and he's trying to eat the microphone. Oh, right, right, right. Naturally. It it's, looks like it should be delicious. <laughs> um, okay. Let's take a quick break. That was Girl Boss News. That was uh, congrats again to Justice Jackson. We're so excited. She's going to be sitting on the Supreme Court. Not soon enough, in my Not opinion. soon enough. Not soon enough. And uh, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk about abortion. Oh, what's what's sassier than that? Yeah, we, we love to talk abortion. about abortion. We're not tired of that at, at all. all. Hysteria is brought to you by Viore. Tired of boring workout gear? Check out Viore. Viore's versatile and comfy products are designed to look great in and outside the gym, whether you're running, training, or even just lying on your couch, enjoying the fact that your two-year-old child is leaving you alone for five blessed minutes. I love that for Viore. You know what? That seems like a real perk of Viore. (laughs) It is. It's perfect. It's cut perfectly for lying down and just savoring a moment to be left alone. It's great. (laughs) Five stars. No comment. 100% great. That's the type. That's my favorite sport. The new, the women's performance jogger is the softest jogger you'll ever own. Grab one of these new colors before they sell out and check out the women's daily legging, which features a high waist drawstring tie and upgraded no slip fit. All things that are absolutely essential in a legging. Essential. Uh, I love these leggings. They are, because you know, like not everybody's the same, you know? So mm -hmm. it's like, I need a little bit more room around my booty. So I size up a little bit, but then it's it's usually too big in my waist. And so now I just, just pull that drawstring. And exactly. I, don't show, I don't show any crack when I bend over. <laughs> Congratulations. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. See, you have your baby and I have my butt crack. <laughs> <laughs> For guys, there's the men's core short, the most comfy lined athletic short out there, and the men's Sunday performance jogger. Oh, my gosh, Alyssa, my brother, who I have given Viore performance gear to, yes. won an ultra marathon over the holidays. I saw that. That is so incredible. He ran 80 miles in the freezing cold. I don't think he was wearing his Viore core shorts because that would be dangerous. Dangerous. But, but he he loves wearing them to train, and uh, I'm so proud of him. I'm so pr- Viore played a role in his ultra marathon win. 
<laughs> uh, plus, Viore is 100% offsetting their carbon footprint and reducing and offsetting 100% of their plastic footprint from 2019 onwards. Viore is an investment in your happiness. For our listeners, they're offering 20% off your first purchase. Get yourself some of the most comfortable and versatile clothing on the planet at viore.com slash hysteria. That's V-U-O-R-I dot com slash hysteria. Not only will you receive 20% off your first purchase, but enjoy free shipping on any U.S. orders over $75 and free returns. Go to viore.com slash hysteria and discover the versatility of Viore clothing. And welcome back to Hysteria, the podcast where I say my co-host's name, like her mother does, because that's how close we are after <laughs> like more than four years yes. from de- from from like development to producing the show. We are coming up on four years of the actual show, and we are definitely at four years past four relationship years. Relationship wise, of the show. yes. Relationship wise, oh my gosh, we span a presidential administration. Oh goodness. Oh my goodness. I well, I'm going to vote for us for reelection. Four more years. Four more years. Four more years. Um, so on a scale of one to hearing details of Will and Jada's marriage, Ugh. how tired are you of hearing about new draconian abortion restrictions in wackadoodle red states? I'm probably only slightly less exhausted and tired of it than the women who have been marching for it since the 60s. They're tired. They shouldn't have to march anymore. They should not. They They should not. They are getting old. They should be able to mall walk if they want. They're like getting up to the the golden years. Like why? They shouldn't have to spend their golden years what they fought for. No. The golden years should be about feeding the ducks at three o'clock in the afternoon followed by a stiff drink. (laughs) Oh, my God. The dream. (laughs) Um... So what we're going to talk about today is abortion, and we're going to talk about it as a a part of a larger conversation about how exhausting it is to just have that be on our minds all the time. And we wanted to talk about it in the personal political section of the show because this is like an encompassing topic for women. This is not like, oh, well, here's the news. Well, now we can leave that behind and just carry on with our lives as though we're watching something else happen somewhere else. Um, we have to talk about it. So, you know, despite what signs at a Trump rally might leave a, lead a person to believe, there is no you or us in abortion. Um, but <laughs> if those people get their way, there soon won't be any legal abortion in the U.S. So to talk about that today, uh, we have two wonderful panelists who you guys know and love. First, you can see her with your eyes. <laughs> what? <laughs> You can see her with your mind at the Tempe Improv on April 24th. You can also hear her with your ears on her podcast or hear her with your heart, right? On her podcast, That's Messed Up, an SVU podcast. New episodes drop every Tuesday wherever you listen to podcasts. It's Kara Clank. Kara, welcome. Thank you for having me back. It's always a pleasure. Oh, I, this is my first time seeing you since your daughter's very loud birthday party. My, <laughs> that was my first child birthday party as an adult and my goodness, they're loud. well. You know, when you bring, when you put a bounce house at a party, you're just ample. You're just creating a small speaker of child screams. You know. So. Oh, totally. You know what? <laughs> if I were like a cat burglar. I would rob houses during a party or, during a That's child so birthday smart. party. Like, <laughs> but like not the child birthday party house because the kids would be like, "Mom, there's a there's a lady in here. I don't know her." 
car or like stranger danger or whatever. Then the house next door to a child birthday party. That's the robbery sweet spot. Or you just dress in sensible mom casual <laughs> and act like, has anyone seen Jimmy while you're like looting the house? You know, <laughs> I think he went to the bathroom. Have you seen him? And then you're just like stealing iPods. <laughs> iPods. People have very expensive iPods lying around. <laughs> have you ever got, you have a sign of wealth is you go to somebody's house and they have like a bookshelf of iPods. Yeah. Just like shelves. With every genre. <laughs> <laughs> They're arranged like how they would arrange books at the wing, like in a rainbow. <laughs> You know, color-coded. <laughs> anyway, if anybody's missing any iPods, it's a sorry that I gave uh, iPod burglar the idea of robbing your house. Um, up next, she's a writer and producer on two upcoming animated shows, Star Trek Lower Decks and Solar Opposites. Both have new seasons coming out this summer, which is the perfect time to watch sci-fi IMHO. It's Grace Parajani. Uh, on the bounce house front, I think I take a totally different approach because I go dead-faced and silent when I'm in a bounce house. It's all sensory overload. <laughs> Everybody else yell even as a kid I was like this everybody else yelping and having a great time I'm just so serious in the moment because I am deeply uncoordinated and just afraid for my life the whole time um yet I love it I really do love a bounce house <laughs> there's something very like very funny about that like a very intense bounce house experience and I, you know what's funny we did have a bounce house conversation last week Alyssa remember we had Michaela on here and she was talking about how there's a scene in the dropout where she actually peed her pants because she was laughing too hard in a bounce house. <laughs> <laughs> That's also relatable. It's yeah, so maybe good. adults shouldn't go in bounce houses at all. So, um, you know, there's a lot going on, I think, uh, with with abortion rules and regulations. And uh, the thing that really sent me over the what the fuck edge. I mean, I feel like there's just constant what the fuck edges in my adult life. Like I've been covering this as a writer uh, since the year of our Lord 2010. I've been writing about this stuff and it doesn't get any better. And I'm saying it, it's definitely gotten worse in my, you know, whatever, 12 year career. Uh, it's really bad now. Like American women are being charged with murder over so-called abortions. This week, I was just like, okay, okay, what the fuck? Um, prosecutors thankfully dropped murder charges on Sunday against a 26-year-old Southern Texas woman over an alleged self-induced abortion, admitting she hadn't committed a crime. The woman was indicted in March after she miscarried and told a staff member at Star County Hospital that she had tried to induce her own abortion. The staff reported her to the police. Holy shit. What? Holy shit. What? What is wrong with you? A person is confessing something like that to you in a moment of extreme vulnerability. Is that a HIPAA violation? It has to be. How is that not illegal? But I mean, I don't agree with this, but I'm just saying if it's the way that they think it is that you are attempting murder on another human, like you would have to report that if you were a nurse. So that's what they right. think they're doing. Right. But if you're a mandated reporter, you are mandated to report like um, things that are illegal. Yeah. You know, like or things that are imminent harm to yourself or others. Right. So like that doesn't fall under. And the thing is, like having an abortion is not illegal in Texas. Like, right. Their six week ban that that the Supreme Court failed to strike down makes it possible for people to sue people for aiding or abetting an abortion. It doesn't make it that if you have one, 
you go to jail. So like even Texas's crazy law doesn't make that illegal. So it's not clear what law the Stark County District Attorney's Office thought that she'd broken. Well, it felt like wrongly and Kara may feel this in her core, it felt like this nurse thought that she was uh, Olivia Benson on yes. SBU and was calling <laughs> Child Protective Services. Yes, like, exactly. That's, that's what it feels like this numb nuts thought she was Because doing. of this, like, idiotic idea that everybody has right. that, like, from conception, it's just a tiny baby with a rattle living in your womb right. and that we need to protect mm-hmm. them, you know? Right, which is, like, the yeah. whole problem with everything they're doing down there because they've turned everybody into a fucking vigilante, yeah. you know? It's like mm-hmm. everyone's making citizens' arrests everywhere. And maybe this Olivia Benson thought in her mind, if I don't report, am I going to be breaking right. like, this other law and I'm going to get in trouble? Like, you know, who knows? Like they've made it so convoluted. I don't know. Like what, is there some kind of good Samaritan law that you're breaking by not report? You know, I don't know. Yeah. It's so confusing and weird because it's like, clearly this woman was a person in crisis and clearly she was, not, you know, like, why, why, like, she's in crisis. Like, why be like, you must have this baby. Like, do have the baby. It, it's like, well, it's understand. like, but this goes to like everything that they've been doing. Like, we're four people who follow this religiously, right? It's like part mm-hmm. of what we do for a living. And we still, all four of us can't come to some consensus as to why this potentially happened. So imagine right. you're like a regular fucking person in the middle of trauma. Like, what do I do? And the nurse, mm-hmm. I mean, who? like, it's true. Carrie, you're right. I did not give the nurse the benefit of the doubt. <laughs> she may have thought, no, she, no, but it's true. Like when you see how they have, how they have done this. I hate this nurse, but I'm just, I'm just wondering right. what her, what was going on in her Texan mind, you know, like. Right. Gonna take me to court for not doing this. Like, you know. She also probably felt like she owed it to her her religion too or her community. I mean, it goes well beyond just the law. And this is the problem, I think, with putting so much uh, onus and power onto the uh, average citizen in Texas. And who knows, by the way, where this is going to go. As a Texan, it's so frustrating to hear this. And I think that it's a reductive and awful take to hear like, oh, well, Texas sucks and everybody in Texas is bad. Because I fear that this is coming for all of us. I don't mm-hmm. think yeah. this is just limited to Texas. Um, but it's it, it, it goes well beyond. It's, it is so ingrained. It's such an emotional issue. It's so ingrained in people, even if they feel like they're just trying to do right by the law, which again, I also don't agree with. Uh, th- they feel to their core that it's it's uh, it's also intertwined with religion and intertwined with so many different sets of beliefs i've got i've got a bit more of a cynical read on it grace i think that i think you're right about like there's plenty of good people in texas i don't think we you know i i think that like that's that's clear you're from texas your family's from your mom i is like enough to to make up for at least 10 bad texas <laughs> yes I agree. Um, your mother alone grace but uh but, like, I think everybody wants to be a Facebook hero. Everybody's yeah, brain true. has been turned to absolute pudding or grits or, you know, jambalaya, depending on where you're coming from. I don't know. Uh, her brain has been, I don't know, transformed into, like, queso dip. You know, this this nurse who who reported her. And, like, everybody just wants to go viral like a, like a Marine Todd type this person bravely stood up and the professor who was an atheist dropped the chalk and couldn't believe it. It's like, this woman stood up for life. And it's like, no, you didn't. You just, what happened was now, okay, Star County was able to get a grand jury to sign off on the indictment. 
which which we can't yet see because it's not publicly available. But um, so the sheriff arrested the woman last Thursday. She was released from jail on Saturday night after reproductive rights groups posted her, a five hundred thousand dollar bail on her behalf. And uh, then when the case started getting national attention, the DA's office was like, whoopsie doodles, <laughs> and then dropped the charges. And here's the the part that that feels very like another just it's just another thing for everybody else to do here. Like, because what if people were not paying attention? And what if people hadn't made a stink about this? And what if it hadn't been nationally embarrassing to Star County? Like, they would have just carried on. You know, they would have kept going with this until, you know, it was appealed high enough in the justice system that it got enough attention that people were like, wait, what law What law did she break? And meanwhile, she would have been held in jail. She would have been, you know, maybe lost a job. She would have maybe lost, like, a relationship. She maybe, she definitely had already lost the pregnancy. The harm would have just increased exponentially until somebody noticed and was like, wait, what the fuck? And that's the problem with the exhaustion that you brought up at the start of the episode, that we are all so tired of hearing about this, uh, you know, and and it is so exhausting and emotionally difficult to to hear and, and see these headlines every week, but that's kind of the way that they're wearing us down. That eventually, if it becomes less sensational to read headlines like this, if it becomes more difficult for us to find the bandwidth to to care, essentially, the more that that side wins. And that's what's really, really evil and cynical about this, this moment in time, that we can be worn down because there's just such a barrage of headlines that are uh, hitting us, not just, by the way, in the abortion conversation, but between what's going on in, you know, Ukraine and COVID. There's so much happening right now. Right. Uh, it, it's it's uh, it's overwhelming. I feel like this is something, though, that it has uniquely made us understand that in a way we never asked to become vigilantes, but we have to be like vigilantes because we're nobody else is going to stick up for these women. Like we can get mad about Ukraine and change our, you know, people can change their their profile pictures to the Ukrainian flag and they can, you know, send, you know, support aid efforts and donate and stuff, but this feels like something that our action and engagement is necessary to change the trajectory in even in a tiny way that like gets this one woman out of jail for a bullshit reason. You know, like and it's it's like it feels like a video game we didn't ask to play in a way like we're 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 all talking from our sort of like places where you know you're absolutely right grace that like eventually it's like the the conservative dream is that eventually this sort of thing could happen anywhere but we're in the places where it will be the last to right. happen you know we're in Los Angeles we're in New York so we kind of are the ones that now have to like fight this battle in a way that we never quite signed up for. I don't know if that makes sense to you. Carrie, you were nodding. Yeah, no, I mean, this is this is the first one. So I think we all kind of rallied. But I agree with Grace that like, yeah, once it becomes the 10th, the 20th, the 50th, the 1000th, like woman that is being prosecuted for something like this, it's going to be very difficult to like lend our support everywhere. And yeah, I do worry that it's going to get out of hand. And also with the reporting by this nurse, just to get back to this horrible woman, um, it just sets such a horrible precedent that 
women would possibly go in maybe trying to have caused their own abortion because they couldn't travel out of state or they couldn't travel to a place where they could get one. And they can't be honest with their healthcare provider right. about what they've done. Mm-hmm. And so now we're living in an episode of House where the patient is lying to the doctor and like, you know, it can it can get very dangerous where you should just be able to mm-hmm. tell your doctor, okay, this is what I've taken. This is what I've done and not feel legal repercussions. And I just think it's such a slippery slope that that's going to lead to tragedy for sure. It's like, we have to get so mad. There has to be so much outrage and so much engagement to stop these very bad things from happening. And it is like, it feels like whack-a-mole, right? That like, okay, we were, I mean, when this story broke in Star County, I mean, it's, it's actually pretty incredible and pretty heartening when you do think about everything that is happening in the world and that, you know, like the the news in Ukraine is nonstop. And the fact that they, that even I was watching CNN breaks in and is like from Star County, Texas, you're like, okay, like I do think that people get it more and more. It is reported on bigger platforms more and more. But if you're not paying attention, it's like you have to stop what you're doing. Like, what is this? You read the story, you retweet it. You're like, what can I do? Where's the GoFundMe? I mean, it just mm-hmm. feels like for us, everything has been left when it comes to abortion to like, GoFundMe's, you know, like mm-hmm. how can we stop and help people? Oh, is there like, like the state's not helping these women? It's like the kindness of people who see a GoFundMe that are helping these women. Yeah. And yeah. in like the one of the most traumatic times. And I think that's the part that like, you know, intellectually, you like, I watched this, I saw this happen, I read all the articles. And it's like, you know, that if you had just scrolled past the article, that that might have like materially changed this woman's life. And I think that yeah, that's the right. exhausting part that you right. can't be like, you know what? I'm just not going to do this because the truth is in practice and in reality, it is the outrage of people who read the the reporter who takes the time to write the article and then the people who take the time to read the article and that because of that, this stopped. But mm-hmm. it doesn't send the message to Texas to not do it anymore, you know? No. Right. That's well, and and that's that's the thing. Like it's definitely happened before. This is like, I mean, I feel like every single time it happens, I like black out from rage because Kara, you were like, this is the first one. And I think this is the first one in Texas since this law. But like every time there's like a new signpost, we kind of I feel like we sort of are so overloaded with information. It's like one in one out. So I just pulled something out up from uh, November of last year. And it's about a 21 year old Native American woman from Oklahoma who oh, was yeah. convicted of manslaughter. Yes, after having I remember that. And she was sentenced to four years in prison last October for first-degree manslaughter of her unborn son. In what state? Oklahoma. Oklahoma. Texas's hat, uh, yeah. it's, which <laughs> is essentially— But it's also, you know, Oklahoma just passed a total abortion ban, you know, and, and it's— This it's is what like, I mean. It's not just Texas, guys, and it's not just Oklahoma either. Alabama's doing something this week, some stuff this week, too. I feel like, yeah. Indiana. Something on. Yeah. Yep. Indiana. There was a woman in Indiana who was jailed for having a miscarriage uh, mm-hmm. a few years back as well. Oh, that's right. Um, that story. Yes. Yes. You hit on something important, which is like, yeah, you just are like, oh yeah, that one. Oh yeah, that one. And if you saw them all just like spelled out in front of you, you see, you know, that it's happening everywhere. And 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 sometimes, you know, I look, I I hold on to grudges. And I hold on to anger longer than I should. And it's something that I'm working on. Um, But I think a lot about the uh, 
tweet from, I think it was uh, Brian Stelter, after something happened where a bunch of women were like, it's going to be like The Handmaid's Tale. And he was like, relax, it's not going to be like The Handmaid's Tale. First of all, I like I'm still mad about that tweet. Still pretty mad about it. First of all, The Handmaid's Tale was written about things that had already happened. Margaret Atwood has talked about that a lot. It was written about Romania. It was written about evangelical Christians in the U.S. It was written about a bunch of, like, previous world events amalgamated into a fictional story about a dystopian society. So, like, it's first of all, it's already happened. It can happen again. Second of all, it is happening again. <laughs> like, Ugh, I I just I just want there to be like a wrongest bitch in the game dunce chair for moments like that when for takes that are that wrong and and like I want people who accused advocates um, for reproductive justice of hysteria that's the name of the show um, in the wake of things like Justice Kennedy's retirement President Trump's election etc I want them to have to sit in the chair. And be like, I was the wrongest bitch in the game here. You know? Like, it's it's infuriating. Because you know what that does? And you, you know what I'm, I think the amalgamation of what we're talking about today does? It silences the women who are struggling the most. Right. Mm-hmm. They don't feel like they can step up and go to a healthcare provider, talk publicly about what's happening to them. Because what if they end up the subject of one of these headlines that everybody's aware of? And it, this is such an intimate situation. It's such a personal decision, abortion is. And, and it's something that can be shared with your partner, with your family, if you have a loving partner or family. But more often than not, it's women who are having to deal with it themselves internally. And nobody wants to, well, I don't think most people want to be the woman who's who's the subject of, of a headline that makes this kind of, uh, you know, gets this kind of national attention. And I worry so much about the women who are being silenced in the process of this because mm-hmm. nobody wants to be sensationalized like it, you know? Right. Right. And I also think like there are, you know, marginalized groups of people who don't identify as women who can get pregnant, who like are put in like, this is just another layer of things that can go wrong in their lives at the hand of the state. Like a a person who's trans trying to seek reproductive health care already faces all of these. It's just, it's it's hard for for trans guys to seek reproductive health care. And to have this on top of all of the barriers between them and getting the health care that they need, it's really hard for like disabled folks to to get reproductive health care and have this be layered on top of everything that they already have to deal with. It's just like one more thing on the people who need like 10 less things. Right. Yeah. Well, it's like, and to your point, like um, Lizelle Herrera in Texas, she had to be a headline on CNN national news to get out of her jam. You know, like, like, and, and we knew her name and we wanted to help her. There are a lot of fucking people who know her name who want to find her, you know, like there right. are like, oh, she, like, it's, it is that no one should have to go through that. And it wasn't necessarily Lizelle's decision whether to be a story or not be a story, mm-hmm. which again, taken out of no control, you know, taken out of her, out of her control. But, um, no, it's just, that's not fair. Like, that's just not fucking yeah. fair. And, and like, here's another thing about, like, this whole situation. If if people are being jailed for having miscarriages, like, you know, it, in some cases, maybe they, they it was a pregnancy that was unplanned and that they didn't want. In some cases, it, it could have been one that they did want. And, like, talk about adding just unnecessary 
crushing trauma to something that already sucks. Like pregnancy loss is so common. I I don't think that the lawmakers making these laws know very much about the female reproductive system at all, period. But they definitely don't know that one in four pregnancies ended miscarriage. And they definitely don't know, like they don't know that an ectopic pregnancy will kill somebody if it is not removed from the body. Like they don't understand that you can't just like, just like detach the placenta and it'll like reattach like a little suction cup inside the uterus. That's not how it works. That's not how any of this works. Do you think that we're moving towards a situation where women who are having to deal with the grief of going through a miscarriage will now have to justify that it was indeed a miscarriage and not an abortion? Right. Lest they come under scrutiny from the law? Because I cannot even, to your point, Erin, imagine that additional layer of of emotions and scrutiny when you're already going through grief. And who gets to decide Mm -hmm. that? Like, does law enforcement get to go in and make those calls? I mean, that's so infuriating, you know, like. Dude, law enforcement where you can be too smart to enter it, (laughs) that you're going to now be making medical calls. I don't know if I like that. That seems like a, that seems like a bad setup. I mean, we have, there's a part of me as we sit kind of, on the edge of Roe being killed um, by the Supreme Court, which does not represent 75% of the U.S. population that believes that Roe v. Wade should not be overturned. Um, Do you guys think that these kind of bleak headlines about it probably being overturned is serving to sort of like normalize it in the run-up to totally what we now see as an inevitability? Absolutely. Elaborate on that, Alyssa. Yeah, it's like... It's just, you keep hearing it. You know what I mean? It's like climate change. It's all happening. It's all happening. It's here. It's like, yeah, of course it's here. You've been telling us it was coming. You know, Mm -hmm. that's how I feel that this is. It's like people are just worn down. They're girding themselves, right? Even organizations are girding themselves for when this happens because you can't pretend it's not going to happen, you know? So it's like you can't do anything but plan for it to happen, so that you can be prepared for when it happens. And that's the unfortunate, like, you don't want to accept it, but you kind of have to prepare for it because if not, there are going to be a lot of fucking women who die trying to give themselves abortions at home. You know, like like we mm-hmm. always say, abortion's not going to stop. Right. It's not going to stop happening. It's going to get less safe. Yeah. It's just, yeah. it's going to be, you know, I mean, the only pop culture reference I can really think of is when they had to take Lisa to New Paltz in Dirty Dancing. You know, I mean, Uh that was, but that's, it's like Lisa got her abortion. You know, she just almost fucking died from it. And, and that's, Mm -hmm. we're just going to go back to that. It's not like suddenly everyone's going to be like, you know what? I have just decided that this is for me. I mean, it's like, it's, it's, it is, uh, it's trash. But that's why I don't know know if we're going to have baby's dad to come in and save the day this time. You know, that's (laughs) Mr. Hausman isn't going to blindly give Francis Dr. Dr. Hausman $250. (laughs) Um, Yeah, that's that's another thing, you know, that I was thinking about this week. Who's going to pay for all of these births? You guys, was Dr. Hausman the original GoFundMe for abortion? Oh, Oh. yes. The Dr. Houseman Fund would be, or Dr. Houseman would be a great code name for like some kind. If we do have to go totally underground, we got to go to Dirty Dancing for some good code names here. Um, 
No, I was thinking this week uh, as I was writing something for my newsletter where I like totaled up all the costs associated with my pregnancy, my own pregnancy and like childbirth. Because when I was pregnant, I couldn't find anything reliable about how much it costs to give birth in the U.S., because there's no answer, because it's like completely all over the map. And uh, when I totaled it all up, I think I paid something like $14,000 between insurance coverage, uh, copays, uh, hospital stuff, like all that was to- was a total of like $14,000. And my insurance company paid about $14,000 for everything that I could total up and see numbers for. Who's paying for that? Look, LA is a very expensive place to be pregnant and give birth. But let's say that it's even, let's say that the total cost of giving birth was $10,000 or $5,000. Who has that? Who just has that? Who isn't somebody who is in like a two income household where both people like have well paying jobs? Who has that money? Who's paying for this? By the way, it's now such a flex whenever I see people that have like three kids. Oh, a third kid is a flex. A third kid is a full flex today. Yeah. Yes. One, maybe. I remember growing up and there were like families of four or five. You don't see that nowadays. And I don't think it's because people want families any less. They just can't afford it. I remember seeing it on that like Upper East Side when I when I was living in New York City. You'd see like a family of four children and you're like, they're rich. Especially in the city because I think people leave cities after two. But yeah. I have a friend that just told me that they were pregnant with a third and I was like, ooh, la, la. Like, I was like, oh, you guys are doing okay. You know what I mean? Like, I have two and I would absolutely have a third emotionally and mentally, but like, like financially, uh-uh, we done. You know, like, it's just, it's so funny. And I'm one of six kids. <laughs> like, so we do exist, those old families, but yeah, I don't think you see that a lot anymore. No. And and part of that is because like the decision is financial. The decision to have an abortion is often a financial Mm -hmm. decision. Um, And so, you know, I think what's super frustrating here is that Republicans and conservatives clearly, they talk about motherhood as though it is like valuable, but they treat it like it's a punishment. So does it like, does it, if it has value, Treat it like it's valuable. As the state, we should treat motherhood and parenthood like it's valuable because it does have value. If, if the state has an interest in people giving birth, which is the entire basis of um, all like legal restrictions to abortion, if the state has an interest in people giving birth, then giving birth is valuable. So why aren't they doing anything to show that it is valuable to the state? Why aren't they making motherhood easier? Why aren't they subsidizing childcare? Why aren't they making sure that childcare workers can earn a living wage? We like just are like in the process of trying to hire somebody to look after our daughter like two times a week. Um, there's like bidding wars. Bidding wars for childcare. There's like 18 month waiting lists to get into daycare. And that's because people are leaving childcare as a profession. Like it doesn't pay well. Like we are making motherhood, parenthood so unappealing to people who can't, like, who aren't like already high income or who can't quote unquote afford it that it's like, so now on top of it, you're making it like legally requirable. It it seems it just seems yeah. like the the mic, the messaging around it is so mixed that it's like 
I don't know. Is motherhood good or is it like the worst thing that can happen to somebody that we we force somebody to go through because they were they were bad and they don't deserve to they they don't deserve to have an abortion. They deserve to have a child. The most beautiful thing in the world that is also a punishment for being a sexy whore. Like <laughs> I don't get it. Well, and then there's like the people that are like, okay, well then just have the baby and give it up for adoption or whatever. And it's like acting as if the nine, 10 months of pregnancy is not a full tornado attacking your body and that it doesn't financially uh, hurt you, you know. Also assuming that there's just families out there that are like, sure, we'll take your kid and raise it and love it and no problem. I mean, if there aren't enough people to be childcare providers who are being paid for it, where are these families that will just adopt all these kids? (laughs) It doesn't work like that. Yeah. There's actually a waiting list a million people long to adopt in the U.S. A million people. And there are about 10,000 babies that are put up for adoption really? every year. Yep. And of those babies, um, what like I've, I've looked into to this just for my own edification. Um, the most coveted babies are white babies. Um, white parents want to adopt white babies. And so there's like a billion dollar adoption industry that is super shady, super unregulated, super gross. And I, I encourage everybody, I like harp on this all the time, but season two of This Land totally blew my mind. I agree. And taught me so much about the adoption industry in the U.S. and how fucked it's it is. It's crazy. I have a friend going through it right now and like, you can pour money into like an adoption and then have it not work out. And there's no security for that. Like there's no insurance mm-hmm. for that. It's really wild. You can pay tens of thousands of dollars to like jump the line or move up in the line. Um, the line. Uh, you're more like, it's just like, it's crazy. And it preys on, on I think, something that's usually like a like people just like want to be parents, you know, and and it it just preys so aggressively. The industry preys so aggressively on it, um, and it's it's really really ugh, it's a mess. And also, if like the the child has any special needs, that becomes a, something that people don't want because what they want is a non disabled, non troubled baby that looks like them. You know, that that it's just, it's so, ugh, it's so messed up. And like, it's gross that human life is being commodified in that way. You know, it's, it's really gross to hear that. I mean, I'm, 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 I, I, in an ideal world, I love the idea that people who want to be parents can find kids from people who are unable to be parents, but for whatever reason, but uh, it's really, it's really gross that it's commodified like that. The industry is just icky. Ugh. Um, and and like this is this is the thing. So now we've we've moved from this case of this this one woman in Texas who was almost like put on trial for having a miscarriage and telling a healthcare provider that that's what happened, or or saying that she tried to induce an abortion. And we have moved all the way around to like the the notion of like bodily autonomy for every person and the right to form families the way you want and the barriers that the state puts in between us and the ability to form families the way that we want. And it's like, this is like what I mean when I talk about exhaustion. I'm I'm like feeling myself getting worked into a froth, friends. Like I am frothy right now. And this is just every day. This is every day and it's going to be every day on an ongoing basis forever. Right? Yeah. Like, it's what it feels like. It's it's what it feels like. And I guess we just have to, 
Look, I was about to say something very rude about a, a sitting member of the Supreme Court, and I'm going to That's smart. Not. That's smart. That's smart. I'm going to not. And Alyssa knows what I was going to say. I know where you are going. I know you know. <laughs> anyway, um, I just, it's just very frustrating. And, and like, I, the reason that I wanted to have this conversation is because, you know, we didn't solve any problems. We didn't fix anything. But I feel like I got some yayas out, at least, talking to some people who are also like, yes, I also feel crazy. Like, I feel crazy. And and it feels, it's too much and it's unfair at every turn. And this just sucks. This country is is terrible to women. It's terrible to people who can give birth. It's terrible to mothers. And until that changes, uh, we're just going to have to be tired all the time. All the time. And keep reading all the articles. And learning, Keep reading. learning all the stories of the Including things Including are- Aaron Ryan's uh, newsletter, by the way. Yes, yeah, so good. I read it all the time. Oh, thank you. Thank you for reading. I think I'm going to write about cumulative sleeplessness and the effect on my brain. And Kara, the, the recognition in your eyes right now. <laughs> my eyes? <laughs> you can see my eyes? <laughs> oh, my gosh. I went to, just real quick, before, well, so we can end on a little high note before we take a break. I went to the first yoga class I've been to in over two years. Um, first one. And there are mirrors there for which I was unprepared. <laughs> my my face, the tiredness. Um, anyway, being a mom is great. Everyone who wants to should have the freedom to do it. But I totally think with all of my heart and soul that this should not be forced on anyone. I got like 200% more pro-choice when I had kids. Like, I don't know if people think, oh, once you have kids, you'll feel differently. I got like a, like just completely like no one should have to do this if they don't want to. Like, oh yeah. I I went from like protest in favor of abortion access outside a clinic to, I will chain myself to the (laughs) fence of an abortion clinic between me. I will get between a a bulldozer and an abortion. And you know what I read like every day? I just have it in my Instagram as the shout your abortion account. I don't know if you Mm -hmm. guys follow it, Mm -hmm. but I really like. You just read that and I, I feel like you just have no idea how many different stories there are. It's not just a bunch of 17-year-old girls that were like, oopsies, you know, or like, you know, people that were being careless or anything about their, about, you know, protection, which by the way, go ahead and be careless about protection. I'm not blaming anyone, but like, it's just so many different stories. Like I already had two kids and I couldn't afford another one. You know, this partner I was with was abusive. Like there's just a billion reasons and I don't know. I just wanted to shout out, shout your abortion because I- The double shout. Yeah, I just wanted to shout out that because that really puts every, like so much into perspective, I feel like. Uh, That's a great shout. And we have to take a quick break. When we come back, I feel petty. Beyonce, Katanji Brown Jackson, the lady who spent 500 days in a cave. Women are all around us. And this Women's History Month, the Crooked Store is celebrating with a pop-up shop featuring favorites from women of color founded companies. For a limited time, the SheCommerce pop-up shop has everything from delicious goodies to kids books to candles, all from small companies that we love. It is a great way to support women of color while treating a woman in your own life. Maybe that's yourself to a sweet distraction from the endless horrors that we face every single day. Happy Women's History Month to all. Check out what's in stock at crooked.com slash store for this month only. 
And welcome back. We are almost at the end of the show, but not quite. We are at, I feel petty. This is where we talk about things that don't really matter that much, but that we still feel very strongly about. But first, a little housekeeping. Exciting Pod Save America tour news. Alyssa. Alyssa. Oh, in case you missed it from the 500 tweets and emails, Pod Save America is back on tour. And I'm going to Chicago and St. Louis. Ooh. It's going to be great. You're going to be at the Chicago Theater on May 5th. Love the Chicago Theater. Love the Love, loop. The Chicago love an excuse theater. to spend a night out at the, in the loop. I love it. You know, we both lived in Chicago. It is, uh, it's a great city. How can I be mad about it? One of America's top two cities. Top two cities. And then May 6th, St. Louis. St. Louis. Louis, The Arches at the Stiefel Theater. Ooh. I love St. Louis, too. St. Louis, great people. Great food. Better weather than Chicago, sorry to say. And let us not forget that tickets are available right now for those cities and more at crooked.com slash events. Okay. The house has been kept. Um, I'll go first this week. Uh, something I'm feeling petty about. There was this kind of viral tweet, like bad viral tweet that was making the rounds yesterday and the day before. And Alyssa and Caroline and I put it in our group text and all of us were like so infuriated by it. And, and it seems simple, but it is infuriating on many levels. And I just wanted to kind of get into it. So I don't want to call out this person because as far as I can tell, they're just a regular ass person. But I think they're expressing something that is not a regular ass it's a fairly common thing, you know? So they basically asked women if they've ever suggested to their overweight friends who are trying to date that if they want to attract more men, they should work out more. So it was just like, ladies, you ever try telling a, a overweight friend who is looking to date more to work out? Uh in 2022, that's a tweet. That's the tweet in 2022. In 2022, that's the tweet. And like my first thought was like. What an awful, that's not what friends are for. Friends are not, like, why, first of all, if you are one, and and then in the replies, there were a lot of people that are like, yeah, I low-key try to suggest, you know, blah, 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 blah. And like, here's the thing about that. Like, if you are one of those people who has a friend who's trying to date and who is somebody who's, you know, bigger, um, I guarantee you're not the first the person who came up with the idea of losing <laughs> weight. I guarantee you're not the first. Like, I guarantee anything that you could possibly say to them, they've already thought themselves because that's how human beings work. Like, if someone were, were like, hey, have you tried, you know, if I were out there dating again and someone was like, hey, have you tried being less of a bitch? Oh, trust me. <laughs> I've thought about being less of a bitch. I can't not be a bitch. This is how I am put together. Like, what goes through a person's mind before telling a fat person to be less fat as a suggestion? Like, what is wrong? I feel like if you are a person who feels compelled to give as dating advice to your friend, maybe you should work out. I think that you really need to take a moment and ask yourself why you feel the need to say that. What do you think is going to happen after you say this to the person, how are you going to feel? How is the person you're saying it to going to feel? And why is that outcome something that you want to move toward? Like, is it going to make you feel good about yourself? If so, maybe work on, work on that. That seems not good. Uh, is it going to make your friend feel good about herself? Probably, probably, probably not. not. 
Probably not. And where are Probably you coming not. from? Like, what's the next move after they lose the weight? And then are you going to be like, you know what? You could also straighten your hair a little bit. Guys don't really like curly hair. Straight. And then it's like, you know what? You're a little bit pale. You should go tanning. I mean, like, what are we talking about? Like, how much right. are you going to change yourself for another person? And so look inside of you. You're, you seems like you have the problem. Right. Exactly. And I'm, I'm all about, you know, I love, you know, being outdoors and moving around and working out. And I'm very pro working out for my own health because it's good for me and it makes me feel better. I am not in favor of telling other people to work out. Also, you don't know she doesn't work out. Right. Yes. Like people of all sizes work out all the time and it's not like you can just start working out and expect overnight to get some idealized body. It doesn't work like that. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. When I used to run like road races at the starting line, you cannot tell who's going to be fast. I mean, there's like the elite runners who all are built like gazelles. They have like, they have like Michael Phelps bodies, but for running, like their legs go up to their armpits and they have, you know, but everybody else, everybody who isn't an elite runner, you look around, you can't tell who's going to go faster than you. Really? You can't. If you're like an average runner, it, people of every size go faster. People of every size go slower. It's just, you can't tell if someone works out by looking at them. That's a really good point. Anyway, that's what I feel petty about. Never suggest to a friend who's trying to date that she should work out in order to get dates. Unless there's a gym that a lot of hot, liberal, cool, fun, interesting guys who read books go to. <laughs> but I think that's called the library and that's not working out. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, Alyssa, what are you feeling petty about this week? Okay. So... Every now and again, this creeps up, and I may have talked about this years ago, but it's really on my mind. So I really have tried over the past mm, six months, whatever, to be like, do I need to tweet that? Do I need, does, does my take matter here? Does, do I need to engage in this conversation? And most of the time I'm like, no, I don't make this better. This is just therapy at this point. And I'm not on Twitter for therapy, so I'm like, I'm not going to do that. However, occasionally I find something that tickles me, something I think is funny. Maybe it's not highbrow. Maybe on the New York magazine, it's low, low, you know? I don't know. (laughs) I don't need people to reply to me and say, I expect better from you. All the time, not all the time, frequently. It'll be like, I'll watch a show. I'll have a take on a show. Oh, I can't believe you watched that, Alyssa. I expect better than, What? How do you know that me watching this show doesn't keep me doing well at all my other stuff? Maybe it is my decompression. Maybe there are parts of it that speak to me. You don't fucking know. And so, and and the thing is, it's like, they're not trolls. They're, They're like trying to be nice to me. Like, girl, you can do better. Like we, like, no, I can't. This is me. This is me. And uh, so those are people some, that only experience things in the top left corner of the intelligencer box that you're talking about. It <laughs> is. And you and me both, girl, like to drift down to that bottom right corner. I love the bottom right. And also sometimes the left, the top left, not that fun, not yeah. that exciting. Sometimes no. too exhausting to engage in at the end of the week. Sometimes... It's just 90 Day Fiance that gets me through the weekend. Okay, that's it. Yeah, that's that's honorable. And I love it. And honestly, the people who get me on Twitter are like, oh my God, can you believe the Pillow Talk episode? I was like, I know, right? But like, that's just, it's like the fun. 
one. And guess what? Maybe person who has responded, I expect better from you. Maybe you're not part of my community. Maybe you're not part of my chosen community. So anyway, (laughs) I just think that nobody should respond to anybody. I expect better from you. If you didn't expect better from Sarah Huckabee Sanders, don't expect better from me. (laughs) (laughs) That's, That's a great point. Never tweet, never tweet that at somebody. Just don't. It's unnecessary. It's, it's super unnecessary. Grace, what are you feeling petty about this week? Okay. I need to know who was in charge of promoting Easter this year because I didn't realize that Easter is coming up this weekend and nobody in my circle, nobody in my family knows, none of my friends know. Suddenly everybody's scrambling to try to figure out, is there a brunch? Are we going to church? What are we doing? And I just have to understand, here's the thing. I love an Easter because I'm not particularly religious by any means, but I love a daytime holiday. You get Me to too. have a- Honey, ba- you know what I'm talking about. Honey baked ham, an Easter egg hunt with the kids. You dress up in pastels. You're done by 3 p.m. I love that. <laughs> I love it. So I feel like we've done Easter dirty this year by not talking. Like I, here's the thing: you go around Valentine's Day to any pharmacy, any restaurant, you know it's Valentine's Day. Christmas. We know when Christmas is happening. But Easter, there were no signs, no promotion whatsoever. I need it to be spelled out to me. And this year, they missed the mark. So I don't know if this is a vestige from the pandemic where we were like, oh, you know, we're not really able to gather with family for the last couple of years. We're just going to let it go. We need to resuscitate Easter. Wait, hold on, Grace. Grace, hang on. Do you not do you not go to a grocery store, a Walmart, or a Target? Yeah, I do. I do. I do, but I feel like it's not it's not punching me in the face. Like I need it to be. Well, yeah. the other thing is, is that that the Cadbury mini eggs have been out now for six weeks. Exactly. So which Sunday is Easter? Right. That's going to trace a little bit. Yep. You know, yes. they start putting it out for so early now. You guys know I have chocolate covered peeps right over there. <laughs> <laughs> Well, look, you know what? If you miss, uh, if you miss like Roman Catholic Easter, like Western Easter, which is on the 17th, which is coming up this Sunday, Greek Orthodox Easter is the 24th. Yeah. So you get, oh, yeah. a, you get a week to warm up. And you know what? Greek Easter is off the chain. It is. Totally. You could do it. You could just be like, you know what? We're doing Greek Orthodox Easter. I got it. You know what else was confusing this year? We're a Passover and Easter household. And I was like, oh, you know, Passover's this weekend too, right? <laughs> My husband was like, oh, yeah, right, right, right. So anyway. <laughs> oh, it I'm is, such it, a bad Jew. I'm yeah. like, it is? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Kara, what are you feeling petty about this week? Okay, so I'm feeling petty about something. It's not necessarily from this week. It is from a couple of weeks ago, but I haven't had a chance to accurate to, you know, um, express this anywhere. I have an outlet, so this is where I'm doing it. Um, something happened at the Oscars and it was not the, it was not the slap. Uh, and I feel like the slap overshadowed something that I feel very petty about, which was that show heavily advertised a live edition of we don't talk about Bruno from Encanto. Okay. They heavily were like, and for the first time, we don't talk about Bruno live. And if you have a toddler, your life is in Canto. You've seen it a thousand times. Amy Schumer's <laughs> jokes are all real. So I'm like, ooh, I'm going to watch that. I'm going to see like if it's the actor, like who's, how, what they're doing. So they 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 start it and I'm like, because uh, I'm thinking, oh, I'm going to show this to my daughter later. She's going to love it. What a great opportunity to bring children into the Oscars and show them about movie magic and all that bullshit. They start it. They do three seconds of the song and then they morph it into this garbage bullshit. Let's celebrate Oscar instead of we don't talk about Bruno where they go. 
time to celebrate Oscar. Like, are you <laughs> kidding me? Uh-huh. Like, it was the most cringy thing I've ever seen. I was so pissed. I was like, this is not even the real song. The real song is arranged in such a cool way. I wanted to see them do it live. They do this. You're, we're already watching the Oscars. We're watching. You got us. We're here. <laughs> and now you're just singing a song about how everybody should celebrate the Oscars. We're doing it. It's like when you're watching Hulu and you're watching a show on Hulu and they're like, don't forget to tune into the show that you're already watching on Hulu. Like, what is happening? <laughs> I'm cackling so hard because I could not agree more. I felt the exact oh. same thing in the moment. And again, as like a Mexican-American, I mean, my God, this is, I don't even have kids yet. And this is like the thing for me. I was so excited. And then I saw Megan the Stallion too. And I was like, oh, I yeah, love her too. Me. She's going to add. And then it was just like, we talk about movies or whatever. Yeah. I just She does a rap <laughs> about the Oscars. Like, what? I want to see her rap about the two caterpillars or something. Like it was so <laughs> lame. And I feel like it would have gotten roasted if the slap hadn't happened. So here I am yeah. to do it. <laughs> and I feel very, pe- I feel so petty about it that I've thought about it for three weeks. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, you know, it's funny. We were listening to that, the Encanto soundtrack in the car yesterday because it already placates my five month old. <laughs> like she's like, she'll be kind of fussy and it's something that you can put on. And she's like, okay. I accept this. Um, and uh, and Josh was like, because it is a banger. It is, it is a, a banger. banger of a song. And like Josh was like, I wonder if it was originally written to be even more of a banger. And like, because I was like, this is kind of how, like, he's he hasn't seen Hamilton. I have. I and haven't like, um, I, I was, somebody gifted me a ticket. So I went. Um, but it, it was, it was really fun, like live experience. Part of the reason is because the songs are like very percussive and a banger. And I was like, this song kind of has the feeling of Hamilton. And I bet when Encanto is like a musical that's on stage, this song will be like heightened. But he said, I bet they made this like even more like cool. And I bet some <laughs> producer was like, whoa, 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 this is for kids. This can't, this song cannot be that cool. It's such a great, ugh. I'm going to watch Encanto 7,000 times. I I mean, I've already watched half of it this morning. I'm not, it's not even 10 (laughs) a.m. Oh my goodness. Yeah, I think it's going to be the the Frozen for children born in 2021 and 2022 for sure. Okay. Well, that is, uh, all the time we have, Grace and Kara, thank you so much for stopping by. Grace, by the way, dressed like Britney Spears in the Oops, I Did It Again video, um, <laughs> morphing into a space traveler the more she writes about space. I'm, I'm, I'm here for it. Kara, uh, thank you so much for stopping by. Alyssa, thanks for being my ride or die. And thanks to all of you, the listeners. Do we have anything to add? I guess like if you like the show, Rate us. us, tell your friends, leave a nice review. If you want to get in touch, we've gotten some really great tips from listeners. You want to get in touch, hysteria at crooked.com if you think there's something that we should look into. The teachers episode was an idea from a yep. listener. So feel free to reach out if you've got some ideas for stuff we should talk about. Um, and there will be more hysteria for you next week. I am from another planet, this nation, Janet. But these girls can fan it. Hysteria is a crooked media production. Caroline Reston is our producer. Our executive producer is me, Aaron Ryan. Alyssa Mastromonaco is our co-producer, and Brian Semmel is our associate producer. Kyle Seglin and Charlotte Landis are the sound engineers, and our editor is Sarah Gibalaska and the folks at Chapter 4. Thank you to our digital team, Nar Melkonian, Mia Kelman, Milo Kim, and Matt DeGroote. <laughs> 